We are in the Gemara in Chagiga Yitesim and Aleph, and in the Art Scroll on 19a2. Just one first point on the Gemara that we did in the last recording. We discussed the uh, question as to whether or not you could use a wave to go and become pure. And the Gemara, the, the Mishnah says that you could use a wave, it's permissible to use a wave. But you cannot use it. You can only use it if the wave falls on you. You're not allowed to uh, push a utensil or jump into the wave. The wave has to fall on you. And that's based off of the principle that uh, we cannot have a mikvah in midair. We don't have a, a... The concept of mikvah is only when it's on the ground. So the wave has to land on you. As opposed to you going into the mikvah, you can't jump into the wave because it, has to, it cannot be in midair. This actually comes up within the discussion as to whether or not you're allowed to use snow as a mikvah. We know that you have to use water. So the question is, what about snow? Are you allowed to use snow as a mikvah? And this is a dispute. This is a machlokas amongst the Rishonim. <coughs> and the reason why we, one of the opinions says that you should not use snow is it gives two different reasons. One is that it's impossible for this, the entire snow to touch you. When it comes to water and you go into the mikvah, of, the, of water, so then all the water could go around you, could come around you, could touch could touch all of you, so there's a connection between the entire water that's in the mikvah and you. But when it comes to snow, snow doesn't move around. So therefore, it's not like the entire snow is touching you, even if you have the right amount. Even if you have that 40 saw, those 200 gallons, it doesn't have the possibility of all of it touching you. That's one explanation that's given as to why it shouldn't work. But the other reason is exactly this reason of kifin. That the snow is on the top, it's in mid-air, and so therefore the snow which is on the top cannot uh, act as a mikvah, which is quite strange. And the commentary asks on this opinion. The Beis Yosef, one of the commentators on uh, the tour, asks that he doesn't understand because when it comes to the wave, the wave is in mid-air. But the snow, it's, it's on snow itself, which is connected to the ground, just like water. What's the difference between the snow and the water? That if you have water in a mikvah, so the top water is not uh, is not uh, on the ground, directly on the ground either, but it's laying on other water, which is then connected to the ground. So how would snow be any different than regular water? And that is a big, big question on that opinion. And so the answer that some want to give for that opinion is to explain that snow is fundamentally different than water. When we view water, we view water as a unit. We see water... And when you see a pile of water, that is, or, or, uh, or a mikvah of water, so then that's viewed as one unit of water. As opposed to snow, snow is not viewed as one unit of snow, but you have a different, each part of snow is onto itself. And this actually is a halacha. This is, is rooted in, in Jewish law. We say that if part of a, a uh, part of water, if you have a, if a pile of water is impure, then the entire area, that entire water is impure. As opposed to when it comes to snow, by snow, if just part of one area of snow is impure, that doesn't make the rest of the snow impure. And so therefore, it is kifin, it is stuck in midair, the snow that's on top, because we don't view it as one unit with the rest of the snow, it's really separated, and then according to that opinion, it would not be, you would not be allowed to uh, go to the mikvah in snow. But just to point out that this is a big discussion as to whether or not you could use the snow as a mikvah. Okay, we're going to go back to the Gemara now on 19A2. We're going to continue on in the Gemara. 
the Gemara for a little bit continues on in its previous discussion. The previous discussion was about whether or not it requires kavana. Do you need to have intent when you go into the mikvah or you wash your hands to eat just regular food, to have bread? When, when that's your intention, do, do you need to have specific intent for that? Or could it just come that if you happen to put your hands in water, if you happen to go into a mikvah, you become pure even if that wasn't your intent? So the Gemara brought a proof to this, and now the Gemara is going to suggest various rejections to this idea, and then it's going to disprove those rejections. So the Gemara says, Esavei Rabbah Rav Nachman. Rabbah says to Rav Nachman, Hatova l'chulin v'hochzik l'chulin Asalamaiser. If one went into the mikvah for the purposes of chulin, and that was his intention, was for just regular food for bread, so then he's not allowed to, he's still prohibited from eating meiser, from meiser sheni, the crop that we bring to Yerushalayim, which is basically what the Mishnah says. It's a quote from the Mishnah. So the Gemara asks, it seems to imply that you have to have intention. It doesn't say that if you don't have any intention, you're allowed to eat bread. It says specifically, you need to have, when you have intention for, for bread, it's not going to work for Meister Shani. But it does say, it seems to imply that you do need to have intention. So the Gemara says, no, Hachi Kamar, this is what the, you know, this is what the Mishnah meant to say. You don't really need to have intention when you wash for bread. But even if you were to have intention when you wash for bread, to become pure, for your hands to become pure, that still would not work in order to eat Meister Shani. Your hands are still viewed halakhically as impure when it comes to eat Meister Shani, this other food. Okay. The Gemara now continues to ask a question from our Mishnah. Esave, Rabbi asks another question from our Mishnah. The Mishnah says, our Mishnah, There's a line in the Mishnah which says that if you go to the Mikvah without any intention whatsoever, if you've had no intention whatsoever of becoming pure, it doesn't work. My love, does not mean that it doesn't work at all. It doesn't even work to eat regular food like just regular bread. The Gemara answers and says, no, lo. Ki'ilu lo tava lemaiser. It means that it doesn't work for maiser. It doesn't work to eat the special crop that you bring to your shalayim or anything, the truma or the kachim, anything like that. But it does work with regards to chulin. It does work with regards to just regular bread. And the Gemara then says, Husavar dachi kamad Rabbah originally thought that when Rav Nachman responded to his questions, it was just, it was just pushing it off. That no, you don't have a proof from the Mishnah. From these two proofs, it's not really a proof. But then he found out enough like Dr. Meshach, he went and he looked into it, and he found that there was actually a Brisa which says it explicitly. The Tanya, there's a Brisa which says explicitly, that if you go into the mikvah without any intention whatsoever of becoming pure, you're not you're, you are not allowed to have Meister Shani, but you are allowed to eat the bread, the regular bread you're allowed to eat. And that is the end of that discussion. The Gemara now uh, goes into uh, into a new discussion. And the Gemara says as follows. Amar Abelazar. Abelazar says, Taval v'Allah machzik atzma l'chol Very interesting case here. A person goes into the mikvah without any intention. No intention of, be, of becoming pure for any or with the intention of becoming pure, but it's unclear for what level, whether it's for the level of just regular bread, for Meister Shani, for the Truma, the food that's given to the Kohen, or for Kajim. It's unclear. He doesn't have any intention whatsoever with regards to any specific level. As he's coming up, and Tosos, the classic commentary on the page, explains, and he's still wet. It's up to the point in time where he's still wet. He's out of the mikvah, but still wet. At that point in time, he's allowed to decide what it's going on. 
that even though he's out of the mikvah, he's out of the mikvah entirely, he could say, you know what? Me going into the mikvah, that was really for the purposes of uh, truma, uh, to become pure for truma, or to become pure for kachim, or to become pure for the bread. He could decide at that point in time, even though ideally maybe you should decide earlier than that when you go into the mikvah, but this is even after going to the mikvah, while he's still wet, he still has the ability to decide what the purity is going to go for, what it's going to allow him to eat uh, at that point in time, which is a, which is a very interesting idea. How does this work? How exactly does this work if it's after he already went to the mikvah, that his intention could decide it after the fact? So there are various explanations that are given. We'll just explain two of them. One idea is that as long as he's still wet, we still view it as though it's part of that same action of going into the mikvah. It's all part of that same overall action. He's still, his body is still wet. He still feels it, feels the mikvah. And so therefore, the intention will able to work even though he went out of the mikvah, but it's still viewed as one entire act of still being a part of the mikvah. That's one suggestion. Another suggestion that's given, which is really a, a general principle, which we're going to find throughout the Talmud. This is not just here, but this is throughout the Talmud, which is an idea called Brera, which is that if there's a certain situation which is unclear, it's uncertain exactly how to define either uh, a person's intention or uh, a, a whether something actually took place. But the the it could be revealed later on what the intention was, such as in this case. It will tell us that that was really, halakhically, that was the way it was all along. So the fact that he had the intention of having a certain level of purity that the, the mikvah should work, and we should make him pure with regards to, let's say, truma, or with regards to Meiser Shani, or whatever it is. So it's not just that it worked at that point in time, but it reflects backwards, and it tells us that even when he went in, that was really what was taking place. Either that was his intention when he went in, we, it, it tells us that retroactively that was his intention, or it tells us retroactively that going to the mikvah was for that purpose. Uh, so one of, one of the different ways of explaining it like that, but it tells us that retroactively we have the ability to rede- redefine what took place. And that's the second way of understanding this, this law that's found in the Gemara. Okay. So the Gemara goes on and it challenges this idea. They say, basically, they ask a question from a Brisa. Brisa from the time period of the Mishnah. They ask, based on the Brisa, the following question. Odehu raglo achas If a person still has his foot in the water. His foot is still in the water. And he has intention for a less rigid item, let's say, uh, but his foot is still in the water. So he had originally had intention for a lower level of of uh, stringency, let's say of Meister Shani. Since he still has a foot in the water, in the water, he's allowed to change his mind and he's allowed to say that, you know what, I really want this to work for Truma. Truma is of a higher level the food that's given to the Kohen, so I really want it to work for Truma. Even though originally I had in mind for my Shani, I really want it to work for Truma. However, Allah, once he gets up and he gets and he's out of the out of the mikvah, you can't change anything, you can't change anything once you go out of the water. So the Gemara asks, my love ain't a machzik, cloud. this implies that uh, he can't he he can't change his intention at all. Once he goes out of the mikvah, done. It's done. It seems to be a contradiction to what we just said. Where it says low, no. Ode, this is what it, this is what this Bryson means to say. Odehu, if he still has a foot in the one foot in the water, Alpha Even though he had one level of intention, 
for intention for one level, he could he could change it. He has the ability to change it. But once he gets up, Allah, So he can't change it. Once he gets out of the mikvah, he's not allowed to change it. But if he had no intention whatsoever when he went into the mikvah, or he didn't have anything really in mind about what level, so then he could decide the level once he gets out of, out of the mikvah. But but uh, he does, the point of the price is to tell you that he's not allowed to change. But just to, to declare, to decide his intention for the first time, he's allowed to do that even after he gets out of the mikvah, provided that he's still... He's still wet. Okay, and that's the that's the challenge that it has, and then we rejected the challenge to that idea. But ultimately, the idea here is that if one didn't decide while they're in the mikvah, so then they could could decide that for after they come out of the mikvah, that the purification should apply to whatever level of of uh, application they decide that they they intend to to make it for, whether it's for just bread or meisushani or truma or for kachim, they could decide even after they come out of the mikvah. Okay, we'll stop here and we will uh, continue on with the Gemara in the next recording.